Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys excited to start another morning with none other than pre-market prep, where you guys get all the information you guys need to get your trading day started? I'm excited to dive in today's topics. We'll talk a lot about what's going on in the solar stocks. We'll take a look at all the earning stocks, the major ones out there. We got a lot to talk about, like eight or ten earning stocks that we're going to be going through. Also, we'll talk, of course, about JetBlue's agreement with uh, Spirit. We'll talk a little bit about that. Finally, that saga coming to an end. Looks like Frontier, not the winner, but you guys let us know what you guys think. Hit the thumbs on up. We got another great show for you guys. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Let's get it started. And yes, we don't sleep either. I saw it in the chat. We never sleep. We're always working at it. Let's bring on Joel Alconin and Dennis. We'll bring him on in just a second. Let's take a look at what happened overnight. There's my man, Dennis. He's ready to go. Let's get right to Money it. Money never sleeps, Mitch, right? Money mm-hmm. never sleeps. All right. Uh, I mean, down 12 handles at 40, 12 and a half. I mean... That's nothing, right, folks? Absolutely nothing there. Uh, let's clear the close at 24 and a half. We haven't seen that. And uh, how can you look at any downside until we not only take out that pre-market low, but let's get that 4,000. We talked about that being support. Let's see if that holds today. Crude having a big day up 240 at 99.66. I know there's a pair of highs at 101. Uh, gold uh, has its luster back up 1980 at 1757.30. Silver's the big winner. Uh, that's up uh, 4%, 76 cents in 1936. Bitcoin sneaky rally yesterday up 305 at 23,115. And Ethereum futures. They're up 56 bucks at 1647. Well, Triple D, we talk about buying dips and selling rips. If you sure. sold that rip too early yesterday, you got your head ripped off. Uh, it's been getting your head ripped off if you're selling the dips, especially because oh, yes. this is turned. I mean, sentiment has been in the gutter. We know that. We talked about coming into this earnings season that the earnings weren't going to be great. But if they started buying stocks on disappointing earnings, that would be the sign that a bottom is in. I mean, they took it to a whole nother level. They're not even letting them dip on the earnings on some of these. They're just buying them flat out on the bad earnings. So I don't even know what to say. There's obviously a few stocks that are bucking the trend and getting hit on the bad earnings. But the mega caps um, have been so far so good. We'll have to see what happens with Meta here today because it is trading down. So we're seeing a little bit of the lack of the buy the dip, I would say, this morning. But yesterday, market just so resilient. Very impressive. Yeah, there wasn't much resistance in there. Uh, Really, the rally started, um, let's see, today's Thursday, Tuesday night. They just couldn't get enough of the uh, the spoos despite the Google and Microsoft earnings. Then they bid it up overnight. They didn't let up in the regular session. And then I think with uh, with Pump and Powell, 
I think people are waiting. You know, there's always that 30 or 40 point dip. You know, like it goes up, it goes down, and it had one little dip. And if you miss that, then boom, it was off. 40, 42 and a quarter, uh, or 42.75. That was yesterday's high. That's 30 handles away. That's a nice target. And then the dailies here. I mean, what is in here? If we could clear this high and sustain it, I mean, we had some big down days back in June. So uh, I had the bike pump out yesterday, Dennis. Pumping Powell. He's back pumping this market up. And uh, here we are, back over 4K. The I mean, he's question is, any... can we hold? Yeah, and just take it to – just stop for a second and put yourself in, like, the sh- in, in the shoes of a bear or the shoes of a short right now. And you see – Just ask me, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, Mitch. I mean, you see, we'll throw it to me. You see a Microsoft <sighs> mess. Sure, they said some okay stuff on the call. I see a Google mess. You see Shopify mess, and they buy the hell out of it yesterday. Yeah. And you're like, well, you know, this isn't supposed to happen. I mean, <laughs> your stocks that are missing earnings and going up on them. I mean, where's the bear case? So what do you do now? If you're sitting here in the bear camp, is this just a bull trap? Or do you start jockeying and saying okay every time we dip a little bit like we're down 10 points here today i better do some covering well i think you know now you gotta just start watching right i think the bears are definitely in a kind of wait and see mode they're in here. a pickle they're, they're in a pickle they're <laughs> they're handcuffed they're, they're handcuffed there uh right at the Another thing that's happening, too, is that it's holding support on the pullback, right? And I think that's what matters here is that you're holding up at the higher end of the range versus the lower end of the range. And where the are where the bear is going to feel the most pressure? At the higher end of the range, right? Because if they do get squeezed above these levels, who's going to be wanting to be short? And, and then what's going to happen is there's going to be a bunch of covering, right? And so now it's now it's time to watch to see – how, of course, the bigger reports tonight are going to continue us up. And if we can get out of this range with those reports, because we stay in the range, there's still the downside outlook that could happen. But I think we need to get out out, above the range. I would say to 405 and above, that would definitely change the game. I mean, if you were ever going to warn, now is apparently the time. Let's go to Best Buy from last night and just talk about this because this came out of the blue. Best Buy wasn't you know, scheduled to report. They came out, provide their second quarter update or, and third quarter comps, and they predict the third quarter comps to fall 13%. They paused their buyback, Joel. This is like wow. some serious like crappy news, really, from yeah. a fundamental basis. Lower guidance, comp sales down... 13% for 2023. Looking out, you know, a year, if that number's right. Um, I got comments here from the CEO, Corey Berry. He said that high inflation has continued and consumer sentiment has deteriorated. Con- customer demand within consumer electronics industry has softened even further, leading to Q2 financial results below the expectations we shared in May. So doesn't look good. Stock gets hammered from 74 to 66 on the news algo, which you would think in normal markets it should get hammered. And then they buy it right back up, Joel. And believe it or not, you can see in the pink bar there afterwards, this thing actually tried to go positive. I mean, what are people thinking? 
to try to take this thing actually green. It was it was in the 73s last night, and then we had a tick up there. Maybe that 74 tick's a bad tick. That's probably not. But, I mean, we're, we're down a dollar. I mean, this is seriously bad news, and it was down a dollar. Now, it's leaked here more this morning, and now we're down three. But this market is shrugging off a hell of a lot of bad news. Call it the silver lining market or needs no lining at all. It just, you know, they're shrugging off the bad news. They're like, we knew it was going to be bad, and we're buying them anyways. Uh, there was very little volume ticking up there, Dennis. Um, and I see what bar you're talking about. Less than less than a thousand shares traded up here. Uh, what I think is it's not it's not necessarily long buyers coming into the market here on on a dip like that. Okay, let's say you're holding your short. See, you know, you got a massive short position here. But I, I know there's not as big as shorts out there in the market. But you see this thing go to sixty five to eighty. And you're praying that you can get this thing under 70 in the next couple of days. And then you get something like this. How do you, you know, how do you not just like, just get the bids out there? How do you not, you know, I mean, unless, you know, you think it's going to 60 or whatever, but just market dynamics don't dick, you know, okay. We were at 80, we hit 80 on Friday. Okay. Now you can buy it under 70. I mean, is the I you know they gave bad news. Has the value of the company changed that much to give you that cut? No, it hasn't. So I don't think it's necessarily long buyers coming in there, but man, if you got some weekly puts or something or that you're just skunked on, you know, why not? Why not throw some bids out there? So it's that, tough that's to my be a bear in this market. Yeah. It's tough, but you know, with that being said, I don't know if this is a bull trap or not. It's why I keep, you know, and I'm still significantly in cash. I've brought my cash portion down from 53% to 33% over the course of the last month as I've been pretty bullish. I know there's a couple people in the chat saying I'm bearish. I don't really think I've been bearish. I think I actually went out and called the arc bottom. So I'm, I've been pretty much in the bull camp. I do think that this was going to be a messy earnings season, and it has been a messy earnings season. But, but the response to these earnings has been what we said had to happen. Coming into this earnings season, rewind the tape to a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, in order for us to get through, because I'm like, I think these earnings are going to be messy. They've got to buy the stocks on the bad earnings. They absolutely are doing that. So, And they're doing it at a whole nother level, like not even allowing them to dip much before the buyers come in. So that's the good news. The bad news is these are just some crappy earnings still. So I don't know like how much bad news they can continue to take, but they're taking it in stride. And I don't know if there's going to be a rug pull here eventually. I'm scared of the political situation with China. I mean, that would be a serious rug pull if, you know, our political tensions continue to escalate with China. You know, could there be, you know, more issues with our supply chain coming up? Definitely. So there's a lot of things to continue to worry about, but we'll say so far, so good. All right, there was a little bit muted. Let's go ahead. Let's transition out of Best Buy here. Let's talk about the solar stock surging here. Um, we can take a look Ooh. at some of these solar stocks. And, of course, this is coming on the heels of two things. They, they got a good EMPH earnings. But what really was rocking the solar stocks was after uh, Senator Joe uh, Mitchin said that he supported a spending package that included funding for energy and climate programs. This bill includes $430 billion in new spending on energy and health insurance investments more than pays for itself, raising minimum taxes for big companies, enforcing existing tax laws. 
uh, Schumer and uh, Mitchin said in a statement. So uh, here you guys see it, bipartisan kind of agreement here and, and pushing well. The solar stocks are surging. Oh, gosh. Uh, they ran yeah. into this yesterday, so I'm not sure if, every, if everybody else had an inkling that this was coming. And obviously, you know, this has been, you know, obviously some people knew about it yesterday. They were buying the hell out of these solar stocks ahead of this. I mean, and obviously there was a good earnings from ENPH driving ENPH, but a lot of the other stocks, solar stocks seem to catch a bit too. Now you get the headline. Now they're all up even more. Yeah, if I was long the solar stocks as a trade, it'd be like, okay, this is upside capitulation. As much as they look for downside capitulation, this kind of feels like upside capitulation where everybody's like, oh, just buy. And, you know, and it's, it, it's so I wouldn't be surprised if you do get a rug pull on these things. I don't think they're giving it all back. It was great earnings for me and pH, but, you know, just looking 220 to 263, we're in a bear market. The thing just rallied 25% in literally a day. I think if you're long, congratulations. Time to book those profits. 268. We'll just run down for these, uh, the pre market high, 268. Uh, just nothing in here um, as far as the monthlies go. You can kind of drill down on your daily charts if you want to get something. But as always, you want to see continuation through the pre-market high or look for a potential fade. Uh, the top of yesterday's range is 57.55. Uh, first solar, that's ripping two. Uh, one of them had good earnings. Was it e- ENPH that had good earnings yesterday, Dennis? Uh, yeah, of that's what we just talked. Yeah. I just mentioned that. Joel yep. must have been on, had me on mute. You said they ran yesterday, but you didn't say why they ran. <laughs> no, I specifically said ENPH. Let's rewind the tape. Money Mitch <laughs> Joel, said it to I start it. off. No worries. He, I just talk so much that Joel becomes numb to my talking. I think <laughs> that's the problem. Okay. He's like, going to stop here, you know? <laughs> All right. Uh, first solar. Uh, you have a daily high at 86.31 and you have it. This has been near the high of the pre-market session. So there's your target, uh, for that 86.31 and for tan, uh, wow, this is over 80. Holy macro, nothing in there in tan, but if you're buying these off the open, you know, and you get that, that move up off the open and it just looks great. Just kind of lean on that open too, that if it, you know, gets goes two three bucks above it and then comes back down to the open then might be time to hit the trail yeah it's just and again you can you know tan's breaking out through that 80 so you'd think that would become old support becomes or or old resistance becomes new support i just be True. careful just flat out chasing because these are big moves i mean the, the name of the game is buy the dip not buy the rip and buy the rip has failed multiple times in 2022 it does feel like we've turned a bit maybe you're going to continue get a continued rally but I'm going to bank with what really has been working, and that's more buy the dip as opposed to buy the rip. Um, a good question from Duncan Dave. He's saying, do the EVs move with this? They're quiet this morning. You know, you would think that they move, but, you know, obviously, and obviously this is more maybe towards solar. Tesla has turned green, so Tesla is trading higher. But And Rivian did, you know, cut some work, so maybe there's some individual news holding that down. But Rivian, Lucid is not moving. It's trading down here. I'm just looking at the majors. Fisker's trading down. Um, it, it seems like the EVs are quiet on this this morning. You do see a few. I saw ChargePoint trading higher here by a buck. So, you know, some of the charging stations getting a lift. Mm-hmm. You'd think it'd leave, lift the whole EV sector. Uh, but for some reason, they're not lifting as much as some of the solar stocks. Yeah, look, think of things behind the thing, not the actual thing that uses it. And so that's what I would be looking for. Um, one to state yesterday, I got to give you a shout out, Dennis. S-E-D-G. 
nice play with the end phase. If you're looking for relationships to play, that was a definite good call. If you're watching that with end phase running side by side, they, yeah, pretty good day yesterday. Wow, you could have been jumping on that one. Um, oh, big sun, drill. The solar's up big this morning. Look at Sun Power. Look at Sun Power this morning. I mentioned that one yesterday with yeah. JKS. Those were the two that I was watching for the upside. Look at that pre-market chart. That's Huge a big one. Oh, whoa. Wow. Yeah. All 20. 20. Show me 20, baby. What can you do at 20? Uh, pair of highs in mid-June at 20. It's only 80 cents away. Let's see if uh, – wow, that would be up uh, – That'd be up, what, 16, 17% on that. Yeah, the laggards, you know, we looked at the tan and we're like, oh, why is that thing, you know, lagging? We should have <laughs> quit asking why it was lagging and start lifting offers in that one. That thing woke up big time yesterday and it's following dead. through today. Yeah, I mean, like, we... look where it opened, even. It only yeah. opened I'm flat. Yeah, it... like, not even hardly up at all. It, oh, it capped up a buck. But I mean, that was a gift. Because all those solar stocks on ENPH were already trading significantly higher. And ENPH probably since SEDG are the top two components. And then it just ran another $2 after the open. And then it hasn't stopped running. So you're up 8 bucks in it now. So again, if you're coming in now, you're a day late to the party. You're showing up to the party and the party's almost, you know, not not necessarily over. But it's in the, you know, we're in the seventh, eighth inning of this short little run here, it looks like. That's a huge move. So, you know, Tanner's went up 10% in a day. So yesterday you, morning, that was the time. Today, I'll be like, well, oh, ring the register. 10% a day. That's um, my, my you, opinion. Can you design an algo for me? Uh, look at that. Yes. <laughs> can you design get an us algo? on the fly? Uh, you got your algo guy there? Look at that. The, yeah, the he's high. in the back somewhere. <laughs> the, the high. Did you have a kid from University of Windsor that I used to four, do it? I had four. I, I Dude, did a lot of algorithmic trading. You got to find your quant. We, we don't talk about that too much, but I did a lot of algorithmic training. I got into it in 2005, and I had four university students working under me, and then I hired one of them after the fact to keep working for me. And I did quantity. I did algorithmic trading from 2005 till 2010 or 2011. And the reason I stopped, and this is why, you know, it's like people are like, oh, algorithmic trading is the only way to trade now. It's like I went full circle. I went point and click. I went algorithmic <laughs> for six years from 2005 to 2011. Why did I stop? Because I couldn't compete with Citadel. I couldn't compete with the big guns. They were just too, you know, they were, and then they were buying order flow. You get into a speed race. It's a difficult, difficult, difficult environment to compete in. So my algorithmic systems, which were doing very well in 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, we merged from the financial crisis and wasn't making money anymore. It wasn't making a lot of money. So um, I went back to point and click, finding the holes in other algorithmic systems Have you... where and exploiting those holes because the, the algos are always a, a step behind to a certain extent. You know, what they do, they do very efficiently. But when they're in the development stage, they're always a step behind because they're back testing, they're doing stuff. And what I say is you find a new relationship. You can exploit that for a long time without algorithmic intervention. A long time might be a few weeks only, but there's alpha to extract from even the holes and now they're at people's algorithmic training. And now you have so many people that honestly don't know what they're doing. You get these mathematicians come in and just put an algorithmic trading in there and they don't know much about the markets. So you have a lot of inefficient algos out there now where that's to our edge. I mean, if you're, if you're you know, an efficiency trader like I am, you can find a lot of holes in it. So there's always that question, you know, why are you not fully algorithmic? Well, I did a lot of algorithmic trading. I had a second account that was fully algorithmic. 
So I know a little bit about this when I when I start talking about this, you know, like, you know, oh, who are you point and click trader? I was into it 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, spent a lot of money developing, you know, envelope systems, market making type systems, um, you know, systems that took advantage of little inefficiencies. And again, I just got too competitive. So backed off of it. And you ever dusted the them right off? Move. You ever yeah. dusted you ever dusted That's what I was wondering. No, because, you know, it, it's just too competitive. Some of them were just, you know, literally arbitrage systems mm-hmm. where you can't beat. You're never yeah. going to beat Citadel and Virtue now on any type of. And, and they have the big edge through retail flow. So I'm like, speed is taken out of the equation for some of these companies because they go and they buy the flow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. from Robinhood. So the flow is going straight into their system. So they got like first dips. So I'm like, it's not even a matter of, oh, can I get that opposite side of that order? I don't even have an opportunity to do it. And then they exhaust the, the toxic flow to the market. We're getting real market structure here. And you're left on as a market maker on the exchange, just trading against informed traders. Well, you know, if everybody else has just as much information or more than me, I'm going to lose. So we're not talking about like, you know, like, like, um, you know, we're talking about information, like quoting information, stuff that's public information. So, I mean, that that's a little story on, you know, on my history of algorithmic trading. It's, it's difficult. It's a difficult, competitive, competitive uh, environment. Um, and also the co-location, you know, with the servers, you know, and, and you know, uh, that, that, yeah, that but again, would... that doesn't even matter anymore, Joel, because when you, the order what people don't understand, like when you have a relationship directly with, um, you know, like a Robin Hood, their flow comes directly into your system. So it's not like, oh, we got to get to those orders faster. Their yeah. flow is coming directly into your market making system. So your system then decides. Do we want to take the opposite side of this order, trade against the Robinhood customer, or do, or is this a Robinhood customer informed and we want to just send his flow to the public to, market? To the... So they have first dips. They're literally cherry pick the uninformed flow. I mean, this is the market environment. They wanted free commissions. They hmm. got free commissions. This is, you know, what you get what you pay for. They say you do. You, you do. get what you pay for. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's take a I just, look. Just, Mitch Gay, we got to get out of here. Wait a second. Wait a second. I wanted to go back to my original point here when I tried to ask you <laughs> if you wanted to decide that I'll go. You got a gap fill on this one, right? 72.63. Guys, look at the data window here. 72.63. Open 74.27. Some weak person came in here and knocked it down. Yesterday's high, 73.65. You could have gotten filled in an order there. 
at 70 right there, right? You could have gotten filled. So, you know, gap higher, Elgo by the top of, you know, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. But uh, that, that would have been a, a heatless trade. So that led to a like really good tangent, trades. though, Dennis. Those are the that, best trades, the heatless trades. Yeah, that's There's right. so much inefficiency at the open. You know, we've talked about this in previous, you know, webinars where we've talked about trading the open. You know, you can get those at premarketprep.com. You know, where we talked about different strategies around the open. There's so much inefficiency around the open because it's like the one-time event. So you could see where a stock is trading pre-market, it's trading here, and all of a sudden just the big institution wants to sell, it opens here, and a lot of times it wants to naturally pull into where it was trading pre-market. So, you know, there's there's all kinds of different opportunities, you know, and to, to your point, the TAN opening too low yesterday for even where the ENPH and the SEDG were trading. So, you know, I've done ETF arbitrage and I still do that. And you can do that, you know, algorithmically as well. And there is some opportunities at the open from an algorithmic perspective. But the point and click trader is alive and well. And if somebody tells you you can't make money doing being a point and click trader, I'll point to a lot of traders in bright trading. I'll point to a lot of traders at other firms that do very well still point and click. So the, the, the you know, you've got you know, traders and got to put in their time. I mean, don't expect to just, oh, I'm going to open my Robinhood account and I'll be making money like right away. I mean, it takes time. And, you know, Robinhood's difficult. Like I've always yeah, pushed people more to IB. Yeah. I always push people yeah. more to interactive brokers. If once you, It's a good starting point like Robinhood. But once you get, you've got to be able to like control your routing to a certain extent. You've got to be able to have the tools. Like I get the imbalances. IB is as close to a prop trading, you know, firm really as it is. I mean, it got yeah, all the similar tools. They've evolved, you know, to give you all those tools. So I'll, um, I'll tell you, you what, know, guys. And that's where I trade now is IB. I'll tell you what, guys, you guys can go ahead and learn a lot of these skills that you guys are hearing from my man, Dennis and Joel at none other than, of course, check out the swing trading session that's going to be coming on. Uh, join us for the introduction of swing trading with pre-market prep. That's going to be August 18th. Yes, tune in, guys. It's going to be in the afternoon. You guys will be hearing more talk like this. If you guys like the talk that Joel, uh, Joel and Dennis are getting into right now, especially Dennis talking about all this and they're going to dive into swing trading of course but this is where you guys can go ahead and build on those skills they've had lessons before on execution order routing so definitely check them on out that's going to be exactly on august 18th don't miss out guys it's I'm stuff be like this where you be it's stuff like this where you become a better trader i mean you come on 100%. and get a stock tip and say, oh, yeah, Dennis thinks this is going up. Well, Dennis thinks 52% of the time, maybe he's right, 48% <laughs> of the time, he's wrong. I mean, Flip so we're going to try baby. to, like, just follow, or Joel thinks, or Mitch, Money Mitch thinks. I mean, we're not, we're, we're making calls, and, you know, but yeah. there's all kinds of other ways to make money, too. And people get shocked when, you know, they say, you know, how do you make the majority of your money? It isn't from making market calls. It's from taking advantage of little market inefficiencies, like the TAN opening too low yesterday. That's a market inefficiency. So there's all about, opportunities. Guys that you need to educate yourself on how the market structure works, how everything else and the ETFs, you know, and educating yourself on all that to take advantage of that stuff. So people can yawn and say, oh, this is boring. But I mean, oh, this, no, is this, how is you make, this is how you make this is the good money. stuff. That's why that's why I dropped it in right there, guys, because I know that Thanks, that's Mitch. the stuff that a lot of the traders out there that are really trying to learn their skills and develop it, take it to the next level. That's what we're listening for. Uh, let's continue going here. I want to give you guys really quickly second quarter GDP estimate at yeah, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis. Prior, uh, you got about three minutes here, for that Dennis. to hit the tape. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis, just want to go ahead. Going wide, going wide, going wide, wide, wide. Second definitely, quarter, definitely, you can uh, uh, sell yesterday's high. 
if you want, Dennis. 402.86 in the spider. Or 402.88. That, that would really take... Uh, Mitch was talking about some wild numbers. Uh, that he, A guy he talked to yesterday was looking yeah, Sam for... Yeah, St- Sam Stovall, the chief Stovall, uh, yeah. in- investment uh, research at CFRNA. He gave me a 1% outlook. Remember, the estimate is 0.5. This is the first person that I've heard mentioned higher up. A lot of people are yeah. giving me readings, and I talked to Sean Cruz um, from uh, uh, TD uh, Ameritrade, and he told me he was going under, so under that 0.5. So some people, you know, are looking at a, a higher, a hotter number coming in lower than expected. Of course, 0.5 is the expectation. Prior reading was negative 1.6. So if you see, if you see past that, I mean. The gates, the floods will open up there. Of course, GDP is lagging. Of course, I, that's what yeah. I think is another statement to kind of focus on. You know, a lot of the media will focus on GDP today, but uh, we should also focus on the initial jobless claims. The estimate is 253,000 versus the prior of 251,000. Something definitely to keep watch is how the job strength continues. Do we start seeing weakening in the job markets? Yes, no please. algo jumpers here. 10 seconds yeah. ahead of the number. No, not like well, we fifth, had. Four, 50 seconds ahead of the number. Am I wrong? Um, oh, is my clock fast? Okay. I, should, I shouldn't be wrong. I hope mine's not because mine's on no, the mine's, yeah, clock. I, I, keep, I keep readjusting <laughs> this, so I must be off by a minute. Okay. We got 33 seconds here. We'll see what happens. Uh, imminent. GDP data imminent. Keep an eye on the close. 24 The heart starts racing. Oh, you're feeling the, the, the vibes right now. <laughs> Crickets, man. No one wants to make a move. Hey, let's see how wide the spy goes before it. I, yeah, wide. I cancel my orders. That's an important thing, too. There. That's an important thing too. What Dennis just noticed there. I'll let Dennis focus on the number here. But you see how it's going to get wider. Why does it get wider there? It's an important thing to notice. It makes it difficult for you to trade as the number hits there. Look at this going wide there. 420. Yeah, now we're by a 399.80. Look wider now. They like it, I think. It just went super wide there. It's almost (laughs) about like 75 cents. I don't know what they want to do, Joel. They're a little fake out there. Yeah, yeah that, that was that wideness. If you bought the offer and took the offer there, <laughs> oh, that, oh, it's bad. Ooh. They don't know what they want. All right, here's jobless claims and uh, GDP 0.9, negative, negative. Uh, it was expected at 0.5, negative 0.9 here. Uh, definitely further than the expectations and in the negative. Looks like you're going to hear talks of recession with this mention. So here's the GDP. And I also Landing saw initial so soft. There it is. I put it on the chart there for you. Also, jobless claims coming in at 1.359 million versus 1.38. That's continuous jobless claims. I'm looking for the initial number now. We should get that soon coming in here. Um, and that was I don't know what to just do. like we're right know. back just where we were. It around, we're right Joel. back where we were. And again, this is a light number. They can talk about recession, but the market's already accepted the fact that we're in a recession, I think, or going into a recession. You know, I don't, I, I think the market has accepted it. So I think this GDP number, which is why I stayed with you, I think this GDP number is, you know, it's not going to be a non event. We're going to chop around a lot on it, but it's not as important as the inflation data coming in right now. No, right. they. 
they yeah just real quick um you know a lot of times you get it you get a breach of uh like the pre-market high or low that hasn't happened yet uh they tried to pop it you had some early algo jumpers they took it up to yeah. 4018 but looks like they're gunning for the low here uh, that pre-market low is 4004 should we do facebook before we bring our guest on we have we have not done one earnings report here is that true what have we yeah, been talking about for a half an hour? We've been talking. Let's just say I've been trying to reel us in. But shot, some of them like us. Some of us don't right now. Some of them are already like, ah, I don't like this market structure talk. But we got 1,900 people still watching. So <laughs> let's like go. That. Let's get into the meta right quick. Let's talk about that. I'm going to keep them scrolling. I'll leave the GDP number there because I know some people are still trying to measure in what's going on with the overall market. But let's talk about meta's earnings here. Q2 EPS missing here at $2.46. Estimate was $2.61. Sales at $28.82 billion, missing the $28.97 billion estimate. Daily active users were at $1.97 billion versus the $1.96 billion expected. Um, monthly active users were at $2.93 versus $2.94 billion expected. And then you look into the average revenue, right close to that too, 9.82 versus 9.83 expected. A lot this of numbers. Thing, yeah. Stock ahead, was Dennis. a chop fast, hammer it. Then they brought it back to almost scratch, and then they brought it all the way back down again. And support is support until it's broken, Joel. The wall of support forming down here on Meta from 155 to 159 has been incredible. We bounced off of that area again this morning. Um, I don't know. I guess support is support until it's broken. Yeah, I, I'll i let you go with the support on that. And I'm just looking at this digestion period now after, you know, everyone, 1.7 million shares have traded. That's a lot of stock. Uh, someone someone has an opinion here at 163. Um, since uh, about 7 this morning, even before that, 6.30, quarter to 7. So take out that 163 seller and you got a little room to the upside, but right now that that's sticking to me. And then uh, the pre-market low twice, you hit 159. So that's what I'm looking at. We snuck in, we made a new, uh, we made a new low there, but if you were sold that low, you're down already made a new low by two ticks. And now we're chop. back up at four double L a. Yep. I think you're going to see chop. So what does that mean? Buying dips and selling rips, not, selling dips and buying reps so i'm not chasing anything today almost and back to where we were. we're back to where we were before the numbers they knock up 10 bucks off at 10 points off the s&ps and they just bring them right back so we're gonna chop up and you say oh my gosh we're actually gonna go into recession oh well okay we know that already i mean you know you can't jack rates as fast and not have some type of repercussions again the market i don't know they're still talking stride, soft though. landings right yeah, this landing isn't going to be soft, but I don't know if it matters <laughs> to the market at this point in time. You can have, and this is why I always say, there's a big difference between being a successful stock trader and you can't combine it with, you know, being a successful economist. You know, economists make crappy stock traders because and... they'll be like, well, I had to sell short everything here because we're going into recession. Well, it kind of already happened. So, I mean, we've already sold everything. So we go into recession. How long is it going to be? You know, so... I mean, you can call the economy perfectly and still have some pretty crappy stock trading abilities here. So that's why I don't look so much at economic numbers. The CPI absolutely matters right now. To your point here, we're going to get more inflation data tomorrow, Mitch. That is more important. But right now, GDP just shopping us around. Look at that. Coming back, coming back up. Took out that uh, pre-market low by a couple ticks. What we do? Coming back up to the pre-market high. What we do? Yeah. 
Yep. All right, let's go. continue going. Let's maybe sneak one last in here. Sure. QCOM. All right, let's go ahead. QCOM here. Uh, EPS coming in. We got a, a beat and a beat. What? I said it, right? QCOM Q3 EPS at $2.96, beating the $2.87 estimate. Uh, Q3 sales beat here at $10.93 billion, beating the $10.87 billion estimate. Uh, Qualcomm sees Q4 for sales at 11 billion point 11.8 billion on the high end and the estimate is at 11.87 billion uh, so qcom up a little bit off of this we'll see if it can continue it dropped big yesterday right when the numbers hit going into this now it's starting to try to make a little bit back what do you think about qcom's chart i think it's a tough one i'd yeah. say i'd say you got to I'd call it resistance at 150. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a seller at 150, and I just don't know where to buy this thing. I mean, no. look at, you know, where, where are you going to stick your nose in the sand here to try and buy this thing? We'll I take don't, the 50% retracement, go back to 2022, oh. the beginning of it. And you could take the 193, call it the high, the move, 193. Take us all the way down to 118. Oh, these are some tough math numbers here. 93, 18. So, but you got roughly looks like a 75 point fall so take half of that and you got 37 points up on the 118 to 120 so it gets you into this whole 155 156 area we're stalling out right again right right where we should guy he knows stuff yeah what i just did that math in my head but you you had the tool the whole time you made me do that math all in my head <laughs> and you had the tool the whole damn time just like that so i guess this is the, i'm still old school i write everything down you know do the long division and here you got the tools you need a calculator yeah you do long and then you got you people in the school. chat that just constantly complain you know about uh, the technicals on this show i don't even know why they're here Look, you did a great job with that one Joe. yeah That's i don't even perfect. know why they listen to 50 percent failed at the 50 percent. i am long qualcomm full disclosure i bought that way back when sean udall Recommended this. Oh, that long time ago. A lot stock that I bought during the COVID crisis. I've sold half of it, and I've kept the other half. And I don't know. I think I'm just holding on to the other half. The golden ratio, 61.8, falls at 145, just to give you that uh, outlook also there. I know we like the 50, but I look at the 61.8 also. For the golden, okay. golden ratio there, they call it. Whatever right. works for you, keep doing it. I'll always say that. If you're making money, I, I like that range you there. Continue to use it by all means. Between 50 and 61, I've seen a lot of stocks crack that 50, go to the 61, bounce in between that, stay in between that range, and then eventually when it clears the 50 again, that's when I really like stocks. All right, let's go ahead. Let's take a look. Let's get out of the earnings for just a moment. Let's get into our interview today. We're going to go ahead and get into it. This is a great one for you guys out there that are looking for uh, kind of somewhere where you can get some research. Let's go ahead. Let's dive into it here. We got uh, Tracy Reiniak here. Let's bring her on, Senior Equity Strategist at Zach's Investment Research. I've used Zach's before, and I love the research that they put out. Let's go ahead. Let's dive on in and see what is out there in the market now. How are you doing, Tracy? Welcome. I'm good. Thanks for having me. All right. right. Uh, Earnings season. We're here. And uh, I mean, conventional wisdom, not exactly working, but uh, it's been by the dip on on these some of these not so hot earnings reports. Uh, Just uh, before we go into individual sectors, uh, what are you seeing out there? Well, 
Um, you just said it's not so good earnings reports, but you're really only talking about big tech there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, because a lot of the others are surprising. I, I've been surprised even this morning. I was scrambling to look at a bunch of things right before I came on, and I was surprised some in the like the home builders, like cabinet makers, um, you know, just like different areas that are doing much better than I would have thought. I, I would have thought, given even just the GDP number we just had, that we'd see a quicker slowdown in some of these areas. But so far, we're not. Now, the companies are are being cautious. They are warning that the second half of the year, they do expect to see further slowing. So that's something to watch. But um, no, I, I don't think it's as bad as what everybody said. Even the banks are... You know, they reported much better than what I think people thought. And so I I kind of like what's going on this earnings season, actually. Okay. Uh, just going to the banks here. I mean, uh, you got mortgage revenue falling, right? With the, right. the higher interest rates, I guess more, you know, some companies are more focused on that. Uh, what do you think? What do you think is holding up uh, the, the bank earnings so far? Well, it, it does depend on what type of bank you're talking about. I'm not a big fan of the mega banks like this, the uh, JP Morgans as much as I am of the community banks because the community banks is where they really will see the impact from the Fed raising rates. It, it'll go directly to earnings on the community banks. But that's, that's going to be harder for a lot of investors, right? Because there's thousands of community banks out there. Like, which one do you choose? So... I've been trying to, you know, wade through what some of the analysts have been saying about which ones will see uh, some of the biggest gains off of the um, increases. And you have to look regionally, like which states are doing the best right now and which do you think will hold up? So I like a lot of the big Texas banks, actually, because they've got energy, which is the only sector right now where earnings estimates are on the rise. And, uh, you know, so it's a big industry there and that's going to be doing really, really well, along with the petrochemicals that's all in Texas. And then, uh, you know, just the state in general is doing really well. And that always boosts the bank stocks. So a stock like Comerica, that's one of the biggest ones there. Also in Michigan, uh, CMA is the ticker there. Uh, oh, yeah. Big fan of Comerica. Uh, there's other smaller banks like First Financial, FFIN, that's also in Texas. There's several others that are big in Texas. But look regionally if you're trying to you know, think about investing in some of these banks here because it's, it is a regional story. So I'm going where it's the hottest and where, again, I can get some of that energy uh, impact and Texas is the place. All right, I'm going to dive on in here. Now, one of the areas that I'm watching, of course, is the energy earnings, right? What's going to come out of this one that hit today, uh, Velo Energy, e- beating EPS here by uh, almost $2 there. Yeah, so they, what do you yeah. expect here from energy earnings? Well, I took a look at that one because I was curious to see what they were going to do. So uh, Valero is a refiner. And um, so they're on that side of it. They're not producing the oil. They had utilization rates at 94% in the quarter. That's what you want to see. The crack spreads were good. So they did crush it, as you said. Um, But interestingly, so they made 1136. And last year, they made 63 cents. 
So that's kind of telling you (laughs) where things are going and what happens when you get, you know, $5 gasoline as well. Um, So, and the crack spreads were good. So a company like Valero, uh, I do like the refiners. It's not my first choice. I'm, I'm more into the producers. I just want to get, you know, get it out of the ground, either the natural gas or the oil. And that's where I'm going to cash in. There's little less politics and things about, you know, price at the pump and all of that going on. But the whole energy complex right now is hot, even on the services side, like a Halliburton, uh, those types of companies, Schlumberger. But the producers are really where it's at. We haven't had, we've only had one producer report so far, Matador Resources, MTDR is that ticker. It was good as everybody expected with them, but the bigger guys are still to come next week. And I'm expecting record free cash flows, record earnings again, and huge dividends. This is the place if you're looking for income. Uh, Valero pays 3.5%, but they're not doing specials. And some of these other, the producers, they have nothing to do with the cash. They already have paid down a lot of the debt. And so they're just giving it back. And I'm expecting, I don't don't even know what to expect. After seeing this Valero number, I don't don't even know. Yeah. So there's, there's five or six of the producers who are paying over 8% dividend yield right now. And that was only from the first quarter. So I'm expecting, you know, maybe 10, 11% from some of these. And yeah, it's a, it's a good time to be energy. And if it wasn't for energy, the uh, you know quarter maybe wouldn't look quite as good on the earnings side because it is because of energy that we're expecting positive uh, earnings growth for this quarter because just it's so jump, massive. Just about the stock action though, and I'm somewhat concerned. And I mean, the earnings have been so impressive from a lot of these energy companies here. Yeah, I'm just scared. Like, are we in this environment where this is as good as it gets? Because for some reason, the market has just hammered a lot of these energy stocks and this is like one of the best buying opportunities uh, in, in a long time or we're in an environment where they're not going to be able to make this kind of money a year from now well that is the question right with with recession if the recession is deep enough where it really hits demand even globally then yeah you're going to see the price of crude natural gas come down considerably and then it's going to hit their earnings because someone like a producer is unhedged they're they're just playing whatever the price is out there so you do have to be prepared for volatility and we're already seeing that right wti has gone back under 100 and and that all the stocks have come down there there is a chance that the price could come back down into the 80s or even in the 70s in a deeper recession but uh there's a chance that it doesn't as well <laughs> There's a lot of supply and demand dynamics, and the industry is really underinvested as they do during bear markets for the last like 14 years. They haven't been investing in the drilling, uh, even in the hiring. They're having a hard time hiring because, you know, with everything going on with ESG and climate change, no, nobody wanted to work in the industry, uh, even on the corporate level, like even just on engineers. If you're a young person and you're going to college, you want to be an engineer, are you going to be an oil engineer now? Like with the future career prospects? I don't think so. So, and then you have baby boomers retiring. So it's this dual thing is going. And then even finding workers out on the rigs. There's been massive layoffs in oil for, you know, three times in the last 10 years. 
And those rig workers, it was good pay, but they've gotten older now. And then the job market was really good. So after 2020, they were laid off then. They were like, meh, I'm not going back to this. I'm going to go do something else. Everybody else is hiring. So now, now they need those rig workers. Where are they getting them? They can't. So there's all these different fundamentals that I think will prop up the energy complex and keep energy even globally, um, you know, little onto this more bullish outlook. And so I would be a buyer like Warren Buffett is on any of these stocks. We actually don't know. We only know he's buying Occidental, right? We don't know. Did he add to Chevron? He doesn't have to tell us until yeah. uh, mid a couple weeks, mid August is when we'll find out. So, and maybe he was buying something else. I don't know, but yeah, he, he sees what a lot of us see that it's cheap. It has pulled back. This is another buying opportunity in these names and you get for now you're getting the big dividend, but it, yes, it's variable. It can change every quarter. All right. So Tracy, how do you see here the, consumers health related to stocks um you know i I was expecting it to be kind of gloomy given consumer sentiment is at those lows and uh you know the rising rates i've been listening in on some of the home builder earnings reports this week and it's it's not that bad (laughs) people were expecting doom but really the consumer is holding up pretty well now it does depend on what your own personal situation is, obviously. And the luxury side is holding up for now, for the most part, other than RH, but everybody else, uh, they're going to LVMH, they're they're booking their Belmond vacations in Majorca, they're like doing all these other things, they're renting the private jets and the yachts. Um, but on the when you get a little bit lower down the totem pole, the consumer is getting more cautious, as we heard from Walmart. And but they're not pulling back as much as I thought. They're still spending. So yeah, we got this GDP number, but um, the the oh we're in this dark place right now doesn't seem to be the case. And uh, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Just going back just uh, to the um, to the energy talk. We got a question yeah. here. Um, any thoughts on the midstream energy companies, uh, perhaps insulated from price changes with steady growth in demand? Yeah, um, I like the midstream. We're going to hear from Philip 66. They have a midstream part of their business tomorrow. So I am interested to hear. I know a lot of people like the pipelines, like enterprise products. They do pay the big dividend and that's pretty consistent. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like everything in the energy side and um, there's, yeah, okay. I, I, I'm buying it all if I can. <laughs> Warren Buffett. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So any other picks you want to maybe get us uh, that you guys are sectors. keeping an eye out for any, any sectors, any areas that we should be watching at least for the end of the week, of course, we're going to get the two big earning reports. Technology has been kind of keeping us up. What do you feel about technology here? Well, we are, we're getting Apple tonight. They haven't missed in five years. So I'm expecting them to beat again, but my issue uh, with them has always been valuation. They're not as cheap as when, you know, Buffett bought in 2016. It's trading at like nine or 10 times. And so I'm a little bit iffy on what's happening there. Um, But the bigger uncertainty has got to be Amazon tonight, because that's a lot of balls in the air. Uh, You know, 
everything that's going on on the consumer side, their logistics and the cost increases with delivery. They obviously raised the prime fee now, but uh, I don't know. I have no idea what's really going to happen with Amazon. They they had a big miss last quarter. They've never really cared about the earnings miss or beat. You know, uh, Bezos never used to actually be on the conference calls, but Jesse has is has joined in now. So that's a good uh, change. But um, I, I I don't know. I don't know with some of the tech side. There's just a lot of uncertainty there. So well, we'll I'm, keep I'm with what's working. Definitely. That's that's always a good thing. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. Wrap up here. Tracy Reineck, uh, senior equity strategist, Zach's Investment Research. If you haven't checked out Zach's Investment Research before, maybe you're new to the show. Go ahead and check it on out. It's one of the best out there. Appreciate you coming on, Tracy. Thanks a lot. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into uh, maybe a couple more earning stocks before we get on out of here. Yeah, just a, a real, yeah, yeah, just yeah, we just ripping. We're ripping, man. We did. We're ripping now. It's yeah. by the dip is yeah, hot again. They can't I shake mean, it, man. No matter they what, they can't shake it. They knock them down. This officially, like, and they say this raises recession fear. I thought when you get two consecutive quarters of GDP decline, yes. that's supposed to be a recession. But now they're so, saying, no, so this is just you know a potential recession. I don't know. But okay, so I'm not let's, let's make this clear. Let's make this clear. So technical recession and what recession really comes from, it comes from a collection of things. It's not just one thing. And so it's kind of there's there's multiple things that you got to add there. Of course, you also saw the White House. That a lot of people are saying that the White House Joe changed Biden, the Mitch. definition yeah. of Ooh. recession. Um, really, it comes from a, a school of economists that kind of take a look at all the factors and then weigh in if we're in a recession or not. It's something to keep on watch, but technically, yes, negative, negative. It's not something that you want to see, but is that Sounds really like a, a concern? Me. Because we're looking forward, right? And I think like Dennis says, did the market already price in recession? Yeah. Um, is that already a foreclosed, uh, foregone conclusion? That's what I would be asking. It's like, yeah, okay, so we're in a recession. Okay, we're still fine with it. The recession's actually, they feel like we hit peak inflation and they're looking past it now. So, I mean, the buy the dip mentality in this market is very impressive. Like, let's do targets here, Joel. I think if I was along the S&P, which I am always, but I mean, if I had it on for just a trade as well, just like flat out long and spy, let's say. Okay. I target that 416, 417 area here now for like, if we're talking swing trading, because we've broken out through the 4,000 barrier. We're starting to look, you know, like we could get back to that, you know, little uh, top that we had or not even little top, major top we had back in June. Well, uh, first of all, we and this is kind of we were talking about this with Raggy yesterday. So if we're going into a recession already, what does that mean that we're going to start having lower interest rates? And that they're going to stop the, you know, they're going to reverse well, the, the policy. That's the normal thing you do when you're in a recession, but we can't do that because we have high we inflation. Got, I don't, I don't know what, I mean, I've always, I've been standing the whole decline. I'm like, my eyeball test doesn't tell me we're in a, a recession or a deep recession yet. Right? We're not so, in a deep recession. That's for sure. Are we in the start yeah. of a recession? I think we are. I would argue all day that we're in the start of a recession here. You know, okay. we've seen the two quarterly I'll declines, deep. but it doesn't matter. We're not economists. We're so not. it doesn't matter if we're in a recession or not in a recession or if we're in an expansion. It doesn't matter. What matters is what price. is the flow. What price matters and what's the flow you feel nailed like. It. it feels like it turned two weeks ago. It felt like that. That's why we've been talking from this. That's why I went from 
cash in my long-term account to 33% cash. Should I went all in? Obviously, yeah, that would have been the call for the last two weeks. I'd be making a lot more money if I was all in, but I'm still not confident to go all in. I never go all in in the long-term investment account. I always want to keep some dry powder. Yeah, but with that being said, I mean, this market has turned. This market has, you know, looked a lot better. It's, you know, the Walmart issue looked like it was going to be two days ago going to like signal that, oh my goodness, this earnings season is going to be really ugly. And then we follow it up with some ugly reports, but they buy them anyways, and they rebuy Walmart. I mean, go back to Walmart. Walmart, Rorance, it's got two-thirds or half the losses back yesterday. So they're starting to come back in. So tough to be a bear. Tough to be a bear. It it really is. And just going back to your – Mitch and I were talking, uh, you know, looking for – there's nothing in here. There's nothing in here till 417. That's a long ways away. Yeah. Definitely long, a long ways long away. And ways I talked away, about this in the... What's in there? What's in there? I talked about this in the Nothing. pre-pre-show that uh, last time we hung out there about seven bars and, we, and then is when we started clicking back down. So we've had about five here. Can we end the week up here? That's what I'm going to be walking yep, for. Ending days. the yep, week up here four. will be a good look, especially on the weekly candles. So we're going to keep watch to see if that can happen. Um, let me see if I can get one or two more earnings just, just in here. Just before you go, I want one more thing. Joel, for yeah. fun, go use your FIB tool, bring up the SPY, and take it from the all-time high, which we hit back here. in January, um, which I believe is around 480, 479.98 is what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Um, take us down to the low of the move, which we just hit recently in June 30th, 362. What's the retracement? Uh, Joel's right kind of got 40, it there. 4,200. 4,200, which coincides. So that's about, you know... 420. Yeah, Yeah. 190 handles higher than here. So we're not back up there, but if you were long and you're catching it, that's probably, you know, and that kind of coincides with 417, 418 you're talking about. So, I mean, you get back up there another 150 points higher, that's maybe the target here. But, you know, anything can happen. It could all change tonight. Apple, Amazon, maybe they pull the rug out and maybe they're like, okay, we're not buying this dip. You know, things can change quickly. It's been Mm -hmm. a nice run for the bulls. I still think it's prudent maybe to take some profits, but you're all in here. I mean, that would be my target. Mitch, sorry, bringing it back to you. I no, you're good. It's, I mean, I have no problem with those targets. I think at the end of the day, we know how correlations has been driving the stock. So it's probably more important to really focus on the overall market. Apple, Let's get, Amazon it, matter big time tonight. Yeah, let's definitely we'll watch that tonight. And of course, tomorrow we'll also get PCE. That's something to keep on watch. Uh, Honeywell chart. Um, I was looking at that earlier in the week. Doesn't look bad now, especially after their earnings here uh, coming in with two uh, a beat and a beat. Uh, EPS at $2.10, beating the $2.03 estimate sales at $8.95 billion, beating the $8.69 billion. How do you see that chart now? Big time congestion going to get up here in the 190 area. So it's been nice little slide, you know, coming up here this morning. Um, I didn't see what it did in the pre-market here. Joel, grab that right I now. I just grab it. Yeah, 180. We're, we're right there at the pre-market highs. I mean, 190 is a likely, you know, area where this is going to start to stall out. But it's been a big move already. 167 to 190. Now it gets tougher because you start to get thick in here between 190 and 200. So I, I don't know if I'm coming in here and buying Honeywell's morning. Uh, 188.69 uh, was your high on June 10th, and that that was uh, that was part of a, a gap. So keep an eye on that. I mean, it could get really if it could get 
over 189. It's kind of airy up to 191.85. It's up a lot on only 12,000 shares. So uh, take your targets if you got it right now, 188.69. That is your June 10th high. Let's uh, let's stick uh, Fords in here. And then, Yeah, uh, I was uh, actually uh, going to go through that. I was like, I can't be a Detroit-based company and not touch Ford here. What a Q2 move EPS here Ooh. at 68 cents, beating 45-cent estimate automotive sales. 37.91 wow. billion beating the 34.32 billion estimates total sales of 40.2 billion i don't know who's buying the cars they're still buying them i've been wrong about this one because i was like i don't want to own the automobiles reason i sold my ford sold my gm sold ford much higher wish i would have rebought it at 11 or 12 like i said i think this is a 2023 story but so far it hasn't been a bad story in 2022 either so mm-hmm. I- i'm still along a little bit of gm what I add to on a pullbacks, maybe, but I'm still scared of these sticker prices on these cars. But I guess some people are buying them. This is why I like what? Ford over yeah. GM. Um, I don't know if you're a big Ford over GM fan, but I'm a big Ford over I'm a GM Ford fan. fan. I got the F-150. I'm like F-150. So I'm all about the F-150s. And I would like that Lightning too, but just not at whatever also, the hell the sticker price is. <laughs> also remember, Ford still has EV credits, right? GM does not. That's why I like Ford over GM. What do you think, Joel? Man, we're trading over 14, up 85 cents. I don't know how many times I've made money buying Ford up 85 cents, but today could always be the day. 14.31, that was your after hours high. And man, this 14 just likes a lot of congestion to me. So 14.17 is actually a daily high. Show me a whole 14 bid here off the open, then, you know. Make your run towards 1450, but you're gonna have to scoop up a lot of paper. I know a lot is a lot is traded, 2.5 million. Uh, but man, I mean, opening above 14 and holding 14 off the open would be very impressive to me. But uh, all right, I'm gonna hop, uh, go over pre-market prep plus and actually cover some more symbols. Uh triple D, I'll uh I'll I'll check in with you later. All right, uh, we're going to go ahead and get Joel all out of here. Like we mentioned earlier, guys, don't forget to check on out the intro to swing trading. If you guys want to check that out, definitely go to premarketprep.com and sign on up. That's going to be August 18th. Dennis, there it comes. Another day, another uh, kind of uncertain fest. I'm predicting right? shop fest today. It's not going to be smooth sailing. Yeah, it's We've had a pretty smooth. big move here over the last couple of days on not that great earnings reports. I think you're going to get a shop fest. They're going to buy, they're going to they're going to dip them, they're going to rip them, they're going to dip them, they're going to rip them. Fade trade all day. That's how I'm playing it from a day trading perspective. Yeah, my my area to watch is the 40150 area. I've talked about that. That's the shadow on the spy. You saw it slightly tick above that yesterday towards the 403 and then what does it do? It closes right back down there towards 422. So, um we'll see what happens if it can get back above there. That's what I'll be watching, maybe some kind of fake outs, but also I expect to see some chop also. Um everyone's going to be waiting to see what happens with those earning reports tonight. So, I uh, could see some lower volume, maybe some intraday trading, but we'll see what happens there. Dennis, I'll big, let you get on out of here. Everything could change tonight. So yeah, this is everything it. This is the big this is the night of earnings with Apple, Amazon, Intel, and then you get into, you know, yeah, I think it's like games, tw- I heard it's like 20% of the spy 
is reporting tonight or is something that like is? that. Yeah, it's Holy. some it's some crazy number crazy. there. This is the night. Um, so this definitely is the night. keep it on watch, guys. There's a lot to talk about. I'm gonna go through some more earning reports on live trading. So if you guys want to come through um, and check out some of the other reports, you guys can come on over to live trading. I'll let Dennis get on out of here. Have a good one, Dennis. See you, Mitch. Great job today. All right, we're going to wrap on up, guys. And, of course, hit the like if you guys enjoyed today's show. That's one thing that we need to be working on more. I feel like there's too many people that watch pre-market prep and don't give us the opinion. Your feedback is valued, and that's what the important part here. Whether you like or dislike it, it goes ahead and lets us know that we're doing a good job and what improvements we can make. You guys can hit the comments below for that, and we'll definitely try to keep going and making pre-market prep better. We'll see you next time right here on the best morning show to get your morning started. And, of course, we'll see how the trading day goes. Pre-market prep up next. You guys got live trading with Lord Ryan, Zunaid, and I. Let's see what we can do today. See if we can make some money. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.